Welcome to Insight, the insurance news podcast hosted by me, Andrew Sawcox. It's too late to say Happy New Year, but in this first edition of Insight for 2021, after reviews, more reviews, and reviews about reviews, the ICA have stepped in to undertake their own review into insurance affordability and availability. In our review, we give it four and a half stars. Once we've covered that off, we also discuss the University of Tasmania's articles exploring the role of affordability in Australia's bushfire management. Hello, everyone. I'm joined by Terry McMullen, publisher of Insurance News. Morning, Terry. Good morning. What was your New Year's resolution, Terry? Oh, Andrew, I think that if I survive till the end of the year, I'll be very happy that my New Year's resolution is survival, I think, in a year that's going to be... (laughs) quite challenging and, and just keeping up with things that are changing. Right. So if anyone can suggest any key man insurance, uh, probably get in touch. Um, I'd also like to welcome John Jeeks, our managing editor. John, what New Year's resolutions did you give up this month? Oh, hello, Andrew. Um, well, I've made a very boring resolution about uh, spending too much time on screens. I think during lockdown, we just allowed the kids to uh, go go wild and, and, and spend as much time as they liked on screens. But I mean, that doesn't count, of course, if, uh, if you're looking at insurance news. That has to continue. <laughs> <laughs> well put, well put. Okay, so on to this week's main stories. So first of all, with the ICA announcing their own review into insurance affordability and availability, Terry, why are they doing this now after so many other government commissions? I think it's not a bad idea for for the industry itself to, to look at these issues and be able to produce in a comprehensive form some way of answering some of the issues that that, that have arisen. We've talked about affordability from the side of the consumer. Now it's probably time for the industry to also look at at what it can do about that and whether it's possible. Um, We shouldn't forget that the insurance companies themselves are struggling a fair bit at the moment. And it's likely to be a, uh, a fairly difficult year for them with the issue of affordability still pushing. So uh, the idea of being able to to actually have something that, that gives a different perspective on the issue is uh, is quite important. It's a, it's a good move, I think. John, you recently interviewed new CEO Andrew Hall. What are the pressures that the ICA are facing on this issue of affordability? Um, yes, so that interview will be in our next edition of Insurance Magazine. I, I guess in many ways, insurers would would rather nature take its course in in a way. But that I mean, if insurance is too expensive, it means the risk is too high. The price is sending a signal that something's wrong. Uh, that houses shouldn't be built in that location, for example. But the trouble is that affordability issues are becoming so prevalent now. Even the insurance industry is starting to accept that some form of intervention might be needed. It's deciding what form that should take, which is the tricky part, and hence this review. Terry, for those that don't know, what's significant about the review being led by John Trowbridge? John Trowbridge is is an actuary who's been in the industry for a very long time. Uh, He's also acted as a member of APRA. Uh, so he has a very good grasp of both sides of um, both regulation and the the uh, the industry itself. You can rely on Trowbridge to come out with a report that that's takes a, a very hard look at, at the situation, but but also is likely to be even handed in the, the way he uh, approaches it. So considering the ACCC's and Small Business Ombudsman's reviews recently, what does the ICA hope to cover? As John mentioned, is insurance just a financial transference of risk? 
the consumers and businesses are willing to pay? We're in a situation really where people have, uh, as you should expect, that you come to rely on insurance being a, a both available and affordable. And right now, that, that's a real problem. You just have to talk to a, a broker to find out how difficult it is to get even a couple of quotes for a medium to high risk or new business. The industry has got a very low appetite for risk at the moment. And that's just them protecting their own bottom line. And I think that uh, we need to really be in a position that we can explain and and bring new perspectives to uh, where the industry stands in all this. One of our, our biggest problems, of course, is always that when the industry is, is profitable and when investments are, are flowing nicely so that they're they're making money off their investments, then prices tend to be low, appetite for risk is high, and uh, and everything's fine. And then things change and customers find it incredibly difficult to be able to keep up with what exactly is, is going on. I think this is a, a great opportunity to actually be able to explain some of those things and also possibly to, to really to to find some solutions to this kind of problem. So moving on, but still on affordability, John, your team reported this week on the role of affordability in Australia's bushfire management. What are the main points for our listeners? Well, Andrew, unfortunately, bushfire is uh, is in the headlines again with uh, some serious losses out um, towards Perth, more than 80 homes lost in some bad fires out there. The Conversation has published a series of articles by academics on disaster resilience. And they're very interesting because they take a look at affordability from the point of view that if you can't afford to prepare your home for bushfire, then it's not going to get done. And they actually suggest a Medicare type system whereby this kind of uh, preparation work could, could be paid for. There's also articles about the old issue of underinsurance and the fact that the poorer you are, the more likely you are to be without proper cover. And it's simply, according to these academics, it's simply not acceptable just to say you need more insurance. We've actually got to think uh, deeper about it than that and try to help these people get, get proper cover in place. Terry, we've spoken about proactive strategies a few times recently. Does the industry need to look into ways to focus on risk management rather than just responding to claims in in the event of a crisis. Yeah, man, look, risk management has always has always been a a sort of subset of the whole insurance process and it's becoming a lot more so now and possibly with a market as hard as this it'll become even greater. Managing risk is is something that the brokers really have to I guess work with their their clients more in a more concerted way. Uh to, to actually achieve. Risk management is is really a, a major, major part of, of the whole insurance buying process now. And it will become more important, I think, and possibly more of a focus for companies, for smaller companies moving forward. The, the thing that we have to have in that process, though, is the advice component. And that's the most important thing. And Brokers really have to be able to offer that uh, kind of service. So as we look ahead to 2021, um, John, what's your prediction for the industry for this year? Uh, well, there's so many things uh, 
that are developing at the moment. But just to pick out, I guess, th- three key themes. COVID would be the obvious one. Um, we're going to find out how the business interruption COVID claims pan out. We're going to find out what the legal ruling is on that. Um, and broader than that, I guess we're going to find out what the impact on the economy is when the government support is withdrawn and how that affects people's insurance buying habits. Um, so that'll be a key issue this year. Then I guess affordability is 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 a big one too. We've had the ACCC's final report, 38 recommendations there, and we, we wait to see how the government's going to respond to that. Finally, linked to the affordability issue is, is broker commissions. That's going to be a huge issue for brokers this year as the spotlight turns upon their remuneration set up. Uh, brokers will be very keen, obviously, to point out that commissions work for clients um, and that access to advice is paramount. But uh, as we've seen in the ACCC report, broker commissions can be viewed as an extra cost that could be done away with. Uh, and we've obviously seen the concerns from Kenneth Hayne two years ago about uh, commissions and conflicts of interest. Thanks, John. I asked for you one prediction and I get three, always over-delivering. Terry, um, what about you? What is your major prediction for uh, for this year? Oh, I think there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of things are going to happen this year. I think just looking at the broking side, I, I we've now seen the the top four brokers uh, globally becoming the top two brokers globally, um, with Aon and Marsh both swooping on on smaller their, their smaller competitors. I think that's going to open up the market quite a bit. At the bottom end, I think you'll see some of the larger brokers in Australia and possibly elsewhere seeing opportunity in anything that falls out the bottom or where they are able to compete. And one example of that is is the the example uh, earlier this month of Howden, which is a very large and significant uh, international brokerage based in London. Moving into the Australian market um, with the uh, in collaboration with with Steadfast, which is going to be very interesting. Um, I, I do think that that's going to be something we should keep an eye on. The other thing I think is is the impact of both the, the social changes to, uh, brought about by the coronavirus, where people have worked at home. Um, and the impact also with that of technology. Um, we are seeing the, the, the two major uh, insurance groups both separating out as best they can their, their business side of insurance or the commercial side of insurance, I should say, from the personal line side where really the, the two are, are becoming quite different beasts. The uh, personal lines market is is one where technology can play a really major part, whereas the commercial side is obviously more complicated and needs a, a totally different approach. And I think that's a recognition of it. I think the other thing that, that we should watch, or two other things we should watch, is the commission issue. This, this push by the ACCC to what they call conflicted remuneration uh, for brokers, which is going to come under a lot more examination this year in which they pushed pretty hard in their Northern Australia report. Um, I guess the question for me is, is is the 
is conflicted remuneration and evil or is it in fact more a case of it ain't broke so don't fix it so i think we'll we'll we should be uh, watching out for that and the only other thing is we have the possibility of a federal election this year and those northern electorates in australia are absolutely vital to the coalition in which case uh, they may see themselves as having to actually get a lot more active in rather than just examining the problems of insurance in northern australia they might actually have to take a stand somewhere on it that's going to be interesting as well and finally in news closer to home qbe has appointed westpac insurance head sue houghton to lead its australia and pacific business john what's significant about this appointment uh, well the first thing to say i guess is that it's a good time to leave that role at Westpac. Um, as we know, Westpac's offloading its insurance assets as we speak. But I, I think it's fair to say that Sue Houghton would have a, a great overview of the general insurance industry, uh, not just from her career experience, which is pretty broad, but also she's the current president of the Insurance Council. So she'll be across all the key issues there. Also, uh, as we know, while women make up a a large proportion of the industry, they're very poorly represented at CEO level. So it's fantastic that, that, that QBE found that the best person for this job, this really high profile job, uh, is a woman. And um, hopefully we can start to see that becoming a bit of a trend and, and, and those CEO uh, gender figures start to even out. It, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it, John? Uh, I've, I've been in this industry since 1991. And uh, this is this is really evidence of the the rise and rise of the, the female executive. Um, we've always said that insurance is a perfect career for women who who want to be able to have a life as well, and because it, it really does give them a lot of flexibility in, in the way they uh, they work. Uh, I, I think it, it's fantastic to see Sue make it to. Um, the top in, in QBE, and I, I think that that's probably going to be the the, the harbinger of a, a whole lot more appointments like this one. We are seeing senior, senior appointments being made on the insurance side in both IAG and Suncorp as well, and uh, it's, it's fantastic, really positive. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Insight podcast by Insurance News. Thank you once again to our panel, Terry McMullen and John Deeks. Enjoy your week and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at editor at insurancenews.com.au. We value your input. You can read all these stories and many others at your leisure at insurancenews.com.au. You can subscribe to the Insight Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, and all your favorite podcast platforms now. We look forward to catching up again next week.